Craig for teaching last week and uh, today we're going to be back in Daniel. I'm going to finish up Daniel, that's my plan, and then maybe get into Revelation 1 as well. So turn over to Daniel chapter 12 if you haven't already. And since it's been a couple of weeks, I'm just going to kind of quickly review a little bit about what we've been talking about. So of course Daniel has his vision and this starts back in, this, this particular vision starts back in chapter 10 and it goes for a while and so what Daniel uh, sees in chapter 10 is he sees uh, he sees Christ he sees the, the son of man and it says uh, lifted my eyes and looked to behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold I'm just reading a little out of chapter 10 to get us going here a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. So what happened was when we saw uh, two weeks ago when we were reading this, we saw that uh, Daniel sees the Son of God. Let's bring it Sees uh, the Son of God the Son of Man, as he's called in Daniel, which that's usually a clue that he's talking about Jesus in a lot of cases. And then uh, and then he also ends up talking, one of the angels comes over and kind of stirs him awake because Daniel passes out or is slain in the spirit or whatever you want to call that. And uh, one of the angels, I think we decided that was uh, not Gabriel. Who's the other one? Michael. I think Gabriel actually was the one he's in that case. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, because then they have a conversation about uh, about Michael coming and relieving him in a spiritual battle and everything. Yeah. And so, uh, and then it focuses back on the Son of Man again. The Son of Man speaks to him, Christ, in chapter 10. So uh, there's further proof today that that was indeed Christ because we're going to see the same, exact same person in Revelation chapter 1 that pretty much looks identical with the description. So that's what Daniel sees. Of course, you can imagine what it would be like to be to see Christ in glory. That would be an amazing experience. But that's that's what uh, that's what Daniel has is that kind of a vision. So comes great. So uh, so in Daniel chapter 12 uh, we're going to talk about the time of trouble a little bit here. And we talked about this just a little bit two weeks ago, but I didn't get to get into it as much. But uh, So Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Uh, let's see. Jim, would you read that? 1 through 4? Uh, yeah. Hey, Greg. Chapter 12. Yes. At that time, shall Michael stand up and great prince which stand in the children of my people? There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even at the same time. And at that time, my people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting life. 
they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that come many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, Daniel, shut up the word and the seal of the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. All right. Uh, we, uh, I'll just kind of quickly review that too a little bit. Um, we talked about how, uh, you know, with the information age and everything, we see a lot of knowledge increasing nowadays, you know, in terms of just the fact that we've got so much history and knowledge available to us in a moment's notice. You know, a lot of it's fluff too. It, it, it's, it's, it's not always quality knowledge. It, so much of it's just kind of, you know, you have to you have to weed through so much junk, you know, to really get to the good stuff, the good points of knowledge these days, you know. There's so very little good knowledge out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you know we have knowledge available to us now more than at any other time in history, but it's also it's just a lot of junk mixed in with it too. It's very difficult sometimes to to just narrow down to the knowledge that really matters in in our lives and in our existence you know we just kind of we spend a lot of time having to get through go through fluff and, and garbage you know and, and of course a lot of what i'm talking about is is online you know uh the internet and and finding information and, and so forth um it used to be that people had to do a lot of research to get a lot of information and they still do but the the research is just different now you know you can still go to a library and you can you know read and look up journals and things like that but but a lot of this stuff is moved to to you know an online uh, databases and, and information and it's just it's just things have changed a little bit for lack of a better way to say it you know in that regard so Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the wiser you are, the, the, the sadder you can become because of you see the way things really are, you know? Yeah, that's right. At least in the state shape of the world. I have a motto, which is, what good does it do to be right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can be right. Right, right. <laughs> good point. So Daniel, uh, Daniel is uh, is told here that uh, says in verse two, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Now this is this he's talking about resurrection here. He's talking about the the, the resurrection of the dead, uh, and uh, I'm sure you may remember, you know, there was a conversation about what what is meant by many instead of all, and we came to we talked about that a little bit, but I, I don't. I'm not going to get back into that right now, but but the point is is that it's it's resurrection he's talking about, some to everlasting life and some to shame and contempt. So you know, I mean, this is Old Testament we're looking at here. This sounds more like the New Testament, doesn't it? But it's really the Old Testament. So you have the same themes there, uh, you know, in the Old Testament too. A lot of times that you do in the New, it's not like you know you'll have some themes in the Old Testament. Some people talk about. 
the Old Testament idea of hell and Sheol and the Old Testament, you know, you don't see that in the New Testament or you don't have hell as much. In reality, I mean, you know, you do have the idea of everlasting, uh, as it says, everlasting contempt and shame in the Old Testament mentioned here in Daniel 12. That's not Sheol. That, that's, that's more than just a, a place of darkness. Everlasting shame and contempt, that's a very, that, that's a worse thing than that. So, um, so um, and then verse 4, you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. So he's told to seal it. So let's look at verse 5. It says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, again, Christ, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him he lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the people of the holy, of the power, excuse me, of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. So you have three figures here. Uh, You have one that's over the waters. And I believe this is kind of foreshadowing Christ, the scene of Christ walking on the water a little bit there. See him over the waters. And then you have two figures on the sides of the bank. And I believe this is a Trinitarian vision. Uh, you're seeing the Trinity here. And so Daniel asked him, how long is this horrible stuff going to go on? And the man that's clothed in linen says it's going to be for a time, times, and half a time. So, what do y'all think? Any ideas on what what that means? Time, times, and half a time. Anybody? You, you tell us. Okay. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. The dispensationalists would say it would be a year plus two years times and half a year. Yeah. That's what they would say. And that and that matches up with the uh, uh, what forty two months. I think so. Yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so so uh, there's a lot of days and stuff mentioned here, but one thing one thing I'm not trying, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, as you might expect, I'm not going to get into the whole dispensationalism stuff, but uh, I think a lot of people have done that. I think that uh, that in Scripture... And I think we realize this more here at Christ Community Church maybe than some, some folks. But in Scripture, sometimes a something that is meant to be, hear me out on this, something that is meant to be uh, quantitative is symbolic of something that's qualitative. And so what I mean by that is sometimes it will talk about numbers, it will talk about specific things, but it's really pointing to other stuff too. And so, you know, we get into the meaning of numbers sometimes and what they mean. Uh, we all are aware of, you know, seven being a big number in Scripture and three and lots of other numbers. Walt's taught on this, this kind of thing before. Uh, you know, you've got two as the, you know, as the sort of representing the hypostatic union and then you've got three as the trinity. And, and I don't remember exactly what the broad meanings of some of these numbers are, but I, I do some of them, but... Um, and you have 12. And so you have all these numbers that show up in Scripture. And, and you have 40 days here. And you have uh, 40 years here. You know, all these in the Old Testament and so forth. 
And so you start seeing patterns here. You start seeing things the same. You start seeing the fact that there was 40 years, but then Noah was on the water 40 days and nights. And you see Jesus was in the desert 40, 40 days. You start seeing these patterns of numbers. And so that doesn't mean that it really didn't happen that long. I'm just saying that, that there's, also, there's also ideas behind these things is what I'm saying. So the time, times and half a time, I th- Craig, I think you're right. I think, I think so if you, take, if you take a time as a, let's say a time represents a year, and then times is plural, so that's two years, so that's three. But then you also have a half a time after that, so that's three and a half years. Uh, and so the three years represents a segment in time in this case, a long time. But it's, it's not really the same three years like you would have in, in the sense of a holy number, in the sense of, uh, in the sense of the Trinity, for instance, because they've added a half onto the end. So it's not really three, it's three and a half. So there's something different there. Now, well, there one, be, oh, go ahead. I mean, three and a half years is seven and a half years. Seven groups of six. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, seven. That's true, yeah, yeah. Perfection and six is man. Right, so, right. And that may have something to do with it. That's true, yeah. interpretation of that, but yeah. it could break down. Sure, sure, yeah. Now, this stuff gets in, you know, this is, stuff's kind of hard sometimes, but one thing I want to focus on in the half that's there at the end um, is, uh, let me see here on. So, so a time, and then time times two, and then time with a half, and then a half time. So what you've got here, you've got a period of trouble. Then you've got a period of, for lack of a better term, double trouble. Okay. And then you've got an intentional shortening of trouble, half a time. So there's a, uh, a time, times, or double trouble, if you want to call it that, and then half a time. Matthew 24, 22, Jesus says, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days would be cut short. So I think that the half a time probably refers to Jesus cutting short for the sake of the elect. I think that's as good of a way to read that as any, anyway. Um, and so he, if, if, if it were left to just continue on, unabridged the time of trouble then no one would survive no, no one would have made it but Christ in his goodness cuts those days short and so this is a this is a picture of not only the an eschatological picture the end times of what's going to happen if you want to call it the tribulation or whatever but it's also a picture of trouble in our lives it's a picture of things that happen in our lives God never just leaves us out there Forever in in darkness, he always he always comes to our aid. Ultimately, now there's a time of trouble in our lives often, but there also comes a point where that trouble ends, and he doesn't leave us there forever, you know, to suffer. And so that's that's the half a time that Jesus cuts that short in our lives, and also the end of time too. So, any other thoughts on that? Judgment starts from the house of God. Yeah. So, you know, you got to expect it. Yeah. She's going to do 
was a major house meeting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no promise in Scripture that says we're not going to suffer. Uh, we do suffer as believers, and uh, you know, the the believe the church suffers too, and the church is going to suffer in the time of trouble. And it's whether that time of trouble is a literal time of trouble at the end, or whether it's times of trouble throughout history, the church suffers, and uh, continue, you know, it continues. To, it suffers in places today. There's people persecuted today, you know. And, being put to death and jailed and, and lots of stuff for the gospel. I'll finish reading that sentence. Next thing on after time, times and appetite. Mm-hmm. As soon as they finish smashing the power of the holy people. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. 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 So, so God does allow, you know, sometimes for part of right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Daniel. Beast there in chapter seven, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's definitely a picture of the Antichrist, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, and that's already happened. You know, the French Revolution. They redid their calendar to make ten-day weeks. So this this is a uh, a rejection of the creation and of you know this all important number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that our calendar declares creation. Right. Mm. So, and that was 200 years ago. Yeah. More. Uh, so, we're all about this stuff. Mankind is all about this stuff. So it's happening now. You know, where Christians used to be so filled with some kind of high esteem, but now they're the scum of the, of the country. You know, history is a terrorist symbol. <laughs> many, many years ago, I was attending some Bible studies with the late Dr. Hamada saying, well, if you look at your calendar, you'll see that uh, Monday is the first day of the week. And I went, wait a minute. Sunday's the first day of the week. Mm. Went, no, Monday's the first day. Mm. I said, look at your calendar, man. <laughs> Sunday's the first day of the week. Are you crazy? I mean, what are you talking about? Until I saw some European calendars and oh, Monday is the first day of the week. Wow. Uh, yeah, my, my mom, 40 years ago, had a wall calendar Monday is the first day of the week. There you and go. she wondered if that was the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they've been working on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for a long time. They've been working on it, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, the, you know, and also, you know, the uh, the whole calendar is based on uh, Greek Greek pagan culture, you know. I mean, you got Moon Day, and Wednesday is Odin's Day, and Saturn Day, and Thursday is Thor's Day, and and so forth. So it's all, it's all, you know. <clears throat> Plus, you know, I mean, God not bound by time at all. You know, one day is a thousand years. Right, and right, yeah. Years. So a year could be a long time. God yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what I was thinking. I, I didn't know how they came up with 
I think that's just one interpretation. What if it was a, a, a thousand years? Uh, yeah. Calculating in here, it would be a whole lot more than three and a half sure. years. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said these things beginning, uh, sorrows are just beginning. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they may be wrong. That Absolutely. I, I'm yeah. not saying they are. Yeah. Since the ascension of Christ, we're living in the end times. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm one that kind of tends to take a. a a less exact interpretation of those things, as you may know. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not one to read that. So, oh, that's exactly a year, you know, or that's exactly a five year, or something. I just, you know, that's not. Too many people make too many mistakes. By yeah. Doing that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. There are churches that are so deep into this, and particularly the rapture, mm-hmm. that if the, all this was to start, and there was no rapture, their faith would totally crumble mm-hmm. into nothing. Right. There's more faith in that than it would rupture. Yeah. <laughs> sure. On days of the week, I had a funny experience from many years ago. We were at an amusement park on a Sunday, and I went into the restroom, and there was this kid. Uh, I was kind of impressed. He was 14. He was working, cleaning up the restroom. Hmm. I thought I'd pick at him. I said, Brother, why, why aren't you at church? This morning, he said, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very good-natured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love y'all. Good morning. Good morning. I was just so impressed as a young man. Yeah. Making money. Sure. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> All right, well, let's finish up chapter 12 here, and then we'll look at Revelation 1. Um, let's see. Verse... Uh, 8. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Verse 9, he says, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. As from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, And the abomination that makes desolate is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. All right, so this is is hard. uh, And this is stuff that, uh, um, this has influenced a lot of people in history to try and match these numbers up, you know, with, with different things. Uh, but 1,290 days is around three and a half years. Uh, and uh, so it's kind of another way of saying time, times, and half a time, in a way. Uh, it's kind of another way of saying that. Yeah, it's so, on a lunar year. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, and so the 1,260 days, let me read this right if I've got it written down right here. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. 1,290 days uh, is you have that, and then you have the 1,335 is the little more. You see, the extra. So uh, th- that that comes out to what 45 extra days or something like that. So uh, and you see 45 elsewhere in Scripture. You see in a few other cases. You know, you have the amount of people left in Sodom. You see that Caleb was allowed. 
uh, 45 extra years to, uh, to see the promised land and so forth. So I'm not saying there's a connection. I'm just saying, you know, you see that. But the point the is... The pistols ever made to The what? The 45? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a good caliber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, a time, time and half times. Again, you know, I just read this as we have trouble in the life of the church as the bride of Christ, we have, then we have sometimes where it turns into double trouble, worse. But then God comes in and he, he cuts off our time of trouble and we have half a time and he saves us and ultimately. And, and because of that, there's the remnant in the church and those that survive. Otherwise, they'd all die. You know? Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on that before we look at Revelation 1? These last couple of verses here, in some, in some, yeah, some people also would say that that this refers to the Antiochus, the yeah, the guy that comes yeah. in and and corrupts the temple yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah, so you know, yeah, you, that's that's considered pretty normal interpretation. But you know, it does it doesn't only mean that. Is you that know, the people. abomination of desolation? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But then Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's again, it's that sort of double prophecy thing that takes exactly. Yeah. So, double prophecy. That's right. You know, and when he's talking about Jerusalem or the temple at the end time, he talks about the church. Mm-hmm. Right. The people of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Well, let's look at Revelation chapter one. And I think you're going to see that some of this looks familiar. Uh, let's see. Let's start at verse nine. Let's go ahead and skip down. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start in verse. Um, let's start in verse uh, five. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And made us a kingdom, priests to his God and his Father, to be to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. We read that about the Son of Man coming in the clouds in Daniel. Behold, he is coming in the clouds, and every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Uh, Verse 9, let's see here. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. See, see John's using, using these terms like tribulation and that's, that's you know the same type of thing that we're talking about in Daniel. You know this, these the time of trouble. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, on the Lord's day. So what what what's Sunday? And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, "Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches: to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, and Philadelphia, and to Laodicea." Now we're not going to read all those letters. Don't worry this morning. But um. But I do want to um, let me read. I see. I tell you what, verse twelve through fifteen. Uh, would somebody read that? 
Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest, the hairs of his head were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. Okay. All right, so here we have, again, the Son of Man. This time it's John that sees him. Daniel saw him before, now John sees him. And uh, he's standing in the midst of uh, the seven lampstands. And uh, he's uh, described here in verse 13 as clothed with a long robe with a golden sash. So, again, this is the, this is the Son of Man, often described as Jesus in Scripture. And uh, Jesus' robe indicates his priestly nature. And also, it harkens back to Isaiah where the train of his robe fills the temple and specifically says he has a long robe here. So you see that long robe. Uh, a robe is already long by default, usually you know, ankle length, but this is described as a long robe, so we can assume it's even longer than, than a normal one. So it has a train, right? It's a, the train of his robe fills the temple, as Isaiah mm-hmm. describes. So you have his robe and... Uh, he wears this golden sash around him like the high priest wears. And uh, this, is, uh, this is this is the, the clothing of a high priest. And you have this white linen garments. Uh, so in Scripture in the Old Testament, uh, the high priest wore two different colors, believe it or not. Uh, on normal everyday occasions, he wore uh, he wore more of a he wore one color. But on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, he wore white, linen white, into the Holy of Holies when he went in there. And he would have to wear it twice. He would go in, and then he would uh, you know the sacrifice would be would be put in, and then he would come out. And then to go back in there the second time to, to clear it out, he would, he would wear white again. And he could never wear the same white twice. He had to, he had to basically, you know, he could only wear that one time. So Christ being in, described as often as he is in white linen, and you see this more than once, mm-hmm. it's like Christ is now, now we have an eternal day of atonement. You know, the Yom Kippur, Kippur is ongoing. Uh, there is no only wearing it once a year. Christ wears the Day of Atonement for all time, for all eternity. The, the, the vestments of the Day of Atonement, you see. An eternal high priest. An eternal high priest, that's right. Uh-huh. And so we're, uh, we're atoned for eternally now. And his clothing represents that. His clothing shows that. He ripped the veil of the temple in half. That's right. Mm-hmm. Ripped the veil. So uh, Christ doesn't have to... He doesn't have to take those uh, beautiful white linen garments off. And remember, in the, uh, in the transfiguration, you know, 
we see this too. Christ is wearing the blazing white, you know, his, his clothing. And that's, a, that's when we first start seeing Christ this way is in that moment. Uh, and, and we've talked about this many times or at least several times. Uh, I've talked about it. Connor's taught on it. I know probably it's been talked about several times. But cl- people are often identified by their clothing in Scripture. Think about that. How is John the Baptist identified? Camel hair. His clothing. Right. He's identified by his clothing. Uh, how is Joseph in the Old Testament identified? Coat of many colors. That's right. So you see people, a lot of people in the Old Testament are, are identified by what they wear. And so you're seeing this very same phenomenon here with Christ now wears the brilliant white linen, the high priestly garment. Yeah, please. Today, the AIC and A's is us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gives us a word and says for us to take the white ring. Amen. Yeah. So with white, again. He clothes us. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah. He gives us that same clothing. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are interested, there's a really amazing film. If you want to go ahead and watch this at some point, it's called The Man in the White Clothes. Mm-hmm. And it's got uh, Alice Guinness. Oh, really? Okay. As a younger man. Okay. And they invent a fabric that is, can't be heard. Hmm. And so and he's wearing this thing around. And people start treating him as if he was God. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. <laughs> so that's a big movie. Yeah. So it's a very interesting film. Huh. We mentioned Daniel 10, 5 through 7. The man in the white suit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit earlier, but go ahead. You, yeah. Yeah, just parallels some close. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose mm-hmm. loins were girded with fine gold of Ufaz. His body was, his body also was like the barrel. Yeah. E-E-R-Y-L. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. And his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, mm-hmm. and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. That's like Obviously, bodies. it's the same person yeah. as in Revelation chapter yeah. 1. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, it, and so Jesus is described as bronze, his feet like bronze here and there too in Daniel 10. Uh, you know, there's the visual there, and I believe this is probably what he really looks like in glory. But, uh, but you know, you also have the idea of he's immovable. He's he's uh, he's not going to be toppled over. You know, it's, his feet are like bronze. He, you're not going to topple him over. He's 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 going to stay there. And uh, you know, again, like we've talked about, the visuals that are in spiritual things in scripture and so forth that we believe in point to a spiritual reality. They point to spiritual ideas like the fact that Christ is immovable from where he stands. Okay. I believe that Christ really does look like this. That's my opinion in glory. But it also points to to other realities too, you know, things that we can learn about Christ in his nature. And so just as the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. Uh, things of this world tell us things about God. How much more the things of heaven teach us about Christ and God? Charlotte and I were trying to listen to a teaching from 
salvation. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this this is who Jesus is at this moment in time. I mean, we think of Jesus meek and mild, mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, the world loves yeah, not that here. image. Uh, you know, they <laughs> yeah. love that image of, of, of the Savior who you know, looks past every sin that we have, and there's no accountability, and everybody's yeah. you know, I mean, that's the one we look at. Mm-hmm. In reality, this is who you're dealing with now. Yeah, exactly. So this, Right. Now look what happens to, uh, in verse 17 in chapter 1, what happens to, to John here looks familiar with what happened to Daniel. He, that's right. The same thing happens to John that happens to Daniel. Uh, isn't that interesting? So, I mean, this is, this is you know, it's, it's so similar, these two in- instances. And it's because of the consistency of being in the presence of God, man. I mean... You know, God is the same yesterday as He is tomorrow and today. And the experience of being in His presence is going to have the same effect, you know. Uh, it's it's so, amazing though, the first thing He does and says, you know, mm-hmm. puts His right hand on it and says, yep. be afraid. There's the, there's the picture of the hand touching John. You see the same thing in Daniel. The hand reaches out and stirs uh, Daniel and John. It's the same responses in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. For his people, he's just as gentle right. as right. he was in the, in the Gospels. You know? Right. It's me. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I'm the same person. Yeah. Um, so the robe, let's talk about his clothing a little bit more here in the last few minutes. The robe shows that he's holy and he's priestly. The golden sash, and uh, I like this interpretation. I've read this before, but you know, you see the. The, the high priest wears the golden sash and uh, that kind of represents the, the defeated serpent you know, around the, around the man of God. And so the golden sash represents the, the fact that death has been defeated. You know, it's been tur- it's, it's, a, it's the, uh, the trophy of you know, the Godhead in a way, the trophy of Christ having defeated death. Uh, the wool hair, we see that in Daniel too. It's the Ancient of Days. You see, you're seeing that theme. He's the Ancient of Days. So not only is Christ the Son of Man, He's also the Ancient of Days. He's both, you see, because we believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the eyes of fire that we see here and in Daniel shows the God that is all-seeing. Uh, he, his, his eyes pierce even the darkest places, and he sees all things. The feet like bronze, we mentioned this, shows that he's immovable. He can't be toppled. He can't be thrown down. Uh, His voice of many waters, or the voice of the multitude, uh, as it's described in these two places, uh, means that that the word of God is deafening. It cannot be ignored, ultimately. It's, uh, if you've ever been to the ocean, you know, on a really, really... day when it's really the waves are crashing a lot you know it's pretty it's pretty loud if you're right near the water you kind of have to talk loud to be able to talk you know so you can't ignore the word of god it's going to cut through the noise and overcome it so jesus says i'm the first and the last the living one i died and behold i'm alive forevermore and have the keys of death and hades so this is Christ in glory. He is the, he is the uh, uh, Son of Man, but He's also the Ancient of Days uh, here 
that John sees and that Daniel saw as well. It's the same, the same person. He's a man in heaven there uh, that he gets to see. So, any final words? Anybody got any? Yeah, anything? I do. Yeah. I mean, I've you know read all these passages many, many times, but I've really never noticed so much as you brought out today. How Praise God. Similar to these. These visions are, or these experiences are between mm-hmm. Daniel and John. I mean, just, it's the same, same person, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, for me, uh, the, the experience I had, I was in Libya and I was hitchhiking from southern Idaho to northern Idaho. It's not an easy thing to do, but I was, it's the road and the highway right next to a river. It's a snake road. Hmm. And I, I just remember a time where I, 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 you know, I, was, I, I wasn't being picked up, so I walked down and laid on this stone, big sandstone, by the by the river, and just laid there and closed my eyes and just listened to the sound oh, of yeah. water rushing. Wow. Hmm. It was the sound of many waters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was overwhelming. Yeah. And it was yeah. like I had little spiritual experience yeah, yeah. it was mystical yeah. there's something way beyond me here sure. <laughs> yeah. that's great yeah so. I'll give you something yeah I'll be brief but I love verse 9 where John says you know, he's fixing to describe all these beautiful things and he says I John who also am your brother and companion in tribulation mm. and in the kingdom and patience Jesus Christ. So a lot of folks that think, well, we're going to be taken out. We don't have to go. Well, wait a minute. Maybe not. John says here that we're his brother and companion in yeah. these things. Right. Does that right. I think that's, right? yeah, I think that's a good, good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's on, good. On the thing about bronze, they use that in sailing. The King James says brass. I guess they're kind of the same. They are, yeah. yeah. But uh, in sailing vessels, they like to use that metal. Because it does not corrode. Doesn't corrode, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's good. That's great. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I wonder yeah. if that's related. I yeah. Know. Uh, when I was in graduate school, I took a history, the history of costuming. So we had to do a major project. So I talked I talked to this professor into letting me compare the uh, Old Testament priest garment with the Catholic priest garment. Oh, wow. And all this research. Mm-hmm. And then Accessories, part of it, the gold sash, mm-hmm. and there were, there's a lot of in the research. A lot of people suggest that, that the, the tie that men wear now is is the representative of that of the sash. sash. Huh. That it's, a, it's their priestly yeah. authority. You see, also you, know, you wear power tie. Or something. Yeah, the way it, the way it was probably it was probably originally worn over the shoulder too. So that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of moved from so the it's shoulder. It's a carryover. It's a carryover. Yeah. Right. Right. They don't, they don't quite understand that now. Right. But in reality, you're trying to, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like a sash. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, thank you, everybody.